0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Heavenland Devotions, The Little Green Pasture. Today, I really want to just share some things that are in my heart through the meditation of God's Word. Things I was silently meditating on just this morning. And I would like to share it with you because I believe that it will be like cold waters. To your thirsty souls. Therefore, Jesus, I come before you and I thank you so much. As a simple vessel, I give myself to you. Lord, be magnified. And I ask you, Jesus, to reveal your own self by the witness from on high the witness of your Holy Spirit to all those who have ears to hear what you're saying to each and every individual sheep of yours. You know each one by name and you deal with us also differently yet in the same token Lord you speak words over us and sometimes we receive them now and sometimes we receive them later But Lord, consecrate this message unto yourself and sanctify me, your servant, and be with my mouth. Nothing less than when you were with the mouth of Moses. I love you, Jesus. And with joy, I serve you this day. Thank you for going ahead of me. And I will follow you because I love you. In your precious name, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. You know, there's been such a buildup of so many videos out there, so many teachings, so many people giving words of knowledge and so much going on. And on top of that is the end of the year. And and there's all these demands, whether you celebrate this or, you know, Hanukkah or Christmas. And some some people don't celebrate anything or whatever it is. But this usually the end of the year is always fraught with so much tension and and pushing and deadlines. And it's just overwhelming. It just really is for everybody. And so what I want to talk about today is something that I just started to see as. Um, Kind of a a thread going through the things, as I just mentioned to you, especially in the realm of the believer. We all want to please the Lord. We always want to be doing exactly what he wants us to be doing. And yet there's always these kind of fears in the way. And am I doing it right? Am I not doing it right? Am I going ahead? Am I not trusting and going with him? And recently I saw a video, somebody made a video and at the end of the video, they were saying, everybody, you need to get busy, you need to be doing things, you need to be, You know, and I understood the context and and the person's a lovely person and, but I heard it differently in my ears as time was going on and um, there was so much emphasis on, you gotta get busy, you gotta get busy, you gotta get busy, you gotta do it now, get busy and you know I've been a believer for over four decades and I really can say with certainty that the meaning was well intended but it instantly within myself I thought you have to be careful when you tell people they need to start getting busy because right now everybody is too busy And not just in the stream of this life, but everybody's trying so hard to get ready and to be doing things for the Lord. And let me just put a sticky note, pause on there because I look at the seasons. Winter is clearly the time where everything hunkers down. Leaves are falling off or have fallen off the tree. All the energy has gone down into the roots of all the trees and plants of this world, especially where it's winter on our side. And there's such a more of a calming down. People aren't out like they're normally doing, but I don't want to talk about the world at large. I want to talk about you. I want to talk about you as the believer, as a son or daughter of God, as a ready servant friend of his. You want to be, your your hearts are full of faith, full of devout love unto the Lord many of you in the best ways that you can you're doing what you can for the Lord and I can I can tell you that this message that I want to give to you today I pray it be a crown on your head I pray it be a pillow under your head where you can rest below the deck where everybody's fighting for life in the storm And I'm going to take my text today from Genesis 33:11 through 14. This is when Jacob was reunited with his brother Esau. And it was a successful reunion. Uh, Jacob did not know how this reunion would look since last time. He knew that Esau wanted to kill him. But so much time had passed and, and it was time for them to be reconciled and healing to begin. And so Jacob got all this cattle together. He got all these flocks and herds and cattle and he sent them ahead with his servants to Esau. And so when Jacob got there, it was, his, Esau was so ha- When Jacob got there, Esau was so happy to see his brother. And so it was, it was a wonderful reunion. It's a wonderful story. But there's this one section in here I often come to and I had come across it again because I had finished the book of Genesis a couple of days ago. And this is what it said. This is Esau speaking. No, this is Jacob speaking. He says, take Genesis 33, 11 through 14, starting at 11. Take, I pray thee, my blessing that is brought to thee because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough and he urged him and he took it and he said let us take our journey and let us go I will go before thee that was Esau speaking and Jacob says to him my Lord knoweth that the children are tender and the flocks and herds with young are with me and if men should overdrive them One day all the flock will die. Let my Lord, I pray thee, pass over before his servant, and I will lead on softly, according as the cattle that goeth before me and the children be able to endure until I come unto my Lord, unto Sire. This is so important because we are the sheep of his hand. We are known of Jesus Christ. Each one of you are known of him. And some of you can go with Esau. Some of you can go with that, with his flocks and his herds and his servants, so to speak. I'm using the story as an example. You have the strength to go ahead, but some of you don't have that same strength to man that journey to hike mountains and to go through rough valleys and to cross rivers you're not able to like valley, uh, veteranized saints endure the hardship of this of the land on your journey toward the heavenly Jerusalem, the eternal city. When Jacob says, my Lord knows that the children are tender and the flocks and herds are with young are with me. He says, if men should overdrive them one day, all the flock will die. You know, is not this world always overdriving us? I mean, it's enough that this world is overdriving us because this world is demanding. It's, it's literal Egypt. It's always demanding. If there's any mercies in this world, it's only because Jesus works. He takes his part with them that help us. He moves in the lives of each one of you. He knows everything about you so specifically, so personally, He knows everything about what you're able to endure, but you see the overdriving of this world because the world has entered into the church. Now this church overdrives like a one, it's like a one size fit all cattle drive. And that's not the way Jesus does it. That's not his way. He's a shepherd. He's not a cattle driver. The Lord gently leads those that are with young. And when I saw that part of that scripture, that tells me that those that are with young don't mean that they necessarily don't have the stamina and the fortitude to go with Esau. But there's circumstances in life that slow you down. It could be an illness. It could be emotional trials. It's a host of things where you say, I can't endure. I cannot be overdriven. I can't do it. I can't make it in that pace. But you see, there's another group. There is another group. There is Jacob. Jacob's group. Jacob is Israel. That's what the pre-incarnate Christ named him that. And you see Jesus in this. Because it's impossible not to see that because we know Jesus comes from Judah, the tribe of Judah, descendant from Jacob. You know, in the church these days and in so many videos. So many well-meaning people, and some people I don't think have any right, shouldn't even be teaching. They're always cracking some big whip on everybody. You need to do more of this, and you need to spend more time doing that. And they're being overdriven. Is that you? I mean, sometimes we even can even overdrive ourselves. Do you ever find I've overdriven myself? Much study is a weariness to the flesh. You know, the first thing Jesus says in David says in Psalm 23, he says, the first thing is, he names the shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. This is the shepherd, David, the young boy shepherd, saying he gets the whole shepherding thing. And he under, and he understood what it meant, sheep being overdriven. The first thing he says is about Jesus Christ, our shepherd. He says, God is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because he realizes that him as a shepherd and the fact that God chose him and how he fed the children of Israel with the integrity of his heart, he understood that the chief shepherd, God, was so compassionate, so full of mercy, so tenderhearted and gentle. But yet there is a inflexibility to God at the same time. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But what does he say? First thing he makes me to lie down in green pastures. You know why? Because he wants you to rest. Because you know what? Everybody's wearing themselves out, trying to produce some kind of something for God. And so many people overdrive themselves. I hear so many people in conversations and in things written to me, beautiful people who say, I I try, I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard. Um, I fall asleep when I read because I work all day and now I have a full-time job and I can't spend the time like I used to. And I feel like somebody said to me, they felt like God was mad at them. God is not mad at you. Do you know I saw something in the word and I have my little lists, but all there's so many places where it says his love endureth forever, his righteousness endureth forever, his praise endureth forever, his goodness endureth forever, his kingdom endureth forever. And there's all these things that endure forever. But did you know that there's one thing with God that will not endure forever or cannot endure forever? His anger. It says, his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. See, God is not angry with you at all. God's offering you a pillow. God's offering you to come and take a nice, quiet walk with Him beside the still waters. Just like He told His disciples after John, John the Baptist was beheaded. He said, "Come ye into a desert place and rest ye a while." See, Jesus is not an overdriver. We fall into these temptations of, I better do more, I better do more. And the more we do this external, these acrobats, because we're trying to do more and do more, get busy and get busy, there is a danger in that. Getting busy is never something God would say to us. And I say that with respect to the person that I heard that from because I know this person is a wonderful person and I understood the meaning. So I want to be clear, but within my own heart, I heard a different, something different from my own experiences as a little sheep. It says, let my Lord, I pray thee pass on before his servant. He said, but I will lead on softly. According as the cattle go with before me and the children be able to endure. He says, Until I come unto my Lord, unto Sire. And I say, Until we come unto our Lord, to the eternal city. I think. There is so much that is missed when well, we don't spend that time just to be quiet and to meditate in God's word, or just to meditate. Sometimes being somewhere outside, or maybe sitting in a chair in your house and looking out of a window, maybe watching those beautiful that and something I love is so dear to me is seeing the sun shining through the bright green eucalyptus leaves near my window that brings a flickering light and i always for some reason i don't understand it but do you know that i feel the presence of the holy spirit whenever i'm alone and the sun is at that right place and i exalt in jesus christ in that silent presence and the unbusiness. I was reading something about that great sculptor. I want to go into something else about working. You know, a lot of people are maybe confused about working for the Lord. And I say, everything you're doing, you're working for the Lord. Don't get caught up in, uh, I need somebody to lay hands on me to anoint me so that I can go do this. I need the permission of so-and-so before I'm released to go do that. You have a king. He'll tell you. All you have to do is ask him and let it go. Don't stop trying to push him. Lord, give me something to do. Give me something to do. Give me something to do. He's already given you something to do. Just get up and go. Go live your life. Trust me. Trust him. It'll just happen without you realizing it. And there's a freedom in that. Not an anger. God's not angry because you didn't do this or do that. That's the enemy tempting you. And that's also something within yourself that is there. It brings about not it. Bring, I got to tell you what brings about before I say it brings about. And I'm saying this from my own experience because I would hang myself up. And, you know, I wanted to do so much. I'm, I mean, I'm going way back and I'd, I'd be I'd even cry about it. And, you know, God never answered that as much as I banged on his door and cried about it, Lord, I feel so useless. You know, I had to grow up in that. I had to grow up in that thinking I was useless when all the time I was never useless. I was, I didn't realize that my being just around other people in my family was fulfilling God's will in their life. That I meant something to my friends to my children, to my husband, to certain lives around me. But I was blind and I didn't see that. But now I'm telling you, your life is a sacred offering to Jesus Christ. That breath that he breathed into you, that breath of life, breathe it out. Let it be breathed back out in words of loving kindness to other people. I'm not talking about being an automaton. You're going to have moods and you're going to get angry and you're going to be testy sometimes. And sometimes you're going to be in a bad mood. But in all of those human moods, God is in you and he's letting you be human. It's what we do with our moods that he's training us in character. It's not us. Jumping the gun and going out and trying to lead people to Christ and trying to do this and that, no, the Lord will use you when He's ready for you, and you know when He's ready for you? Do you know the answer to that by now you should it's called right now, and it's not get busy, get busy. you know what happened if you if you do that, you go out I gotta get busy, get busy doing what like what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? because anything that you're going to go out and try to do mostly i'm not going to say 100% maybe a 2% 1% of something you may find to do will be successful but it seems to never work when we try to be busy in the lord in the very thing i think our busyness gets in the way of the holy spirit and shuts his life off from within us and then we take over we think because we're doing something when all of a sudden it comes to us that we're tired. I love something that Hannah Woodall Smith said in the the secret, uh, the Christian secret of a happy life. And she spoke of a woman who came to see her and she said um, that she had been recently saved and she had been going to church. This was in the 1800s, late 1800s. And she said, I was so happy. I felt so alive in the Lord. I'm paraphrasing of course. She said, I got involved in everything. She said, I started visiting the sick. I started attending every prayer meeting. I started to do this and she's naming like five things that she was getting involved in until, you know, started off at one thing, going to prayer meetings. Next thing you know, she was adding something else until she was constantly so busy in the Lord that she just sat there in front of Hannah Woodall Smith and said, I am so exhausted, I lost all of my joy. What I first had when I came to Christ is gone. She said, when I'm out busy doing all these things I was doing for the Lord, I'd pass by these women who were the wash women. And then back in those days, there was women that did laundry for people. She said, I would walk by those women at the wash tubs. And I was envious of them. See, this generation that we're living in has an Egyptian demand to it. But that's not from Jesus. Jesus wants you to be quiet. And the work that you do in the forcing and the busyness, this is what I wanted to talk about. I read a little story about Michelangelo when he was doing his work. He had a a cap on his head and he attached a little lamp to it so that when he was doing his work, his own shadow would not be cast upon his work. And that so spoke to me. I thought, how often Have I casted my own shadow of pride on some kind of work or busyness? I thought it was just busyness really, but I'm thinking I'm working for the Lord of my pride or uh, sometimes my ambition, which is dangerous. But I didn't recognize it as ambition back then. Or my shadow of self-seeking. All of that fell on that work of Christ, work for Christ that I did. And it dimmed and it darkened that light that didn't need my help. And it darkens the beauty of all we do. And then in a way I felt myself becoming unmeet for the master's use. You know, so many of us have to realize that, yes, we have this devout love in us, but we have to give ourselves also permission to have devout love in imperfect service. Let me explain. So many times we have done things in the name of the Lord and then we go oh i wish i would have remembered to say this or oh i said too much or i did this i should have done more now it's too late and but that's not what jesus wants us to be he wants us to be able to be generous and large hearted and to not be in danger a fear and Not to be in fear of being in danger of serving God. You know, really, I would rather run the risk of doing something in the Lord. Not casting my shadow over it, but doing it with a totally humble heart. Knowing I am imperfect in everything I do. But I would rather run the risk doing his will imperfectly than to strive to serve him in fear of failing. I don't want to serve God like that. I think of the prophets of old. I think of Elijah, who was always going up and down Mount Carmel. Thinking of all those who have gone before and the earliest missionaries that were sent out two by two from Antioch who went down into Europe and were climbing even the Pyrenees Mountains, going into Europe. See, we become the people able to go with Esau's group. I'm using that for a, a sense because we know that Esau has not such a good name, but I'm using this story for an example, you know, this world will overdrive you, but Christ will never overdrive you. This world will discourage you, but the Holy Ghost will, the Holy Spirit will never discourage you. This world will tell you, you don't need to do anything for the Lord. See, now let me be clear here. Sometimes not doing anything is actually doing something. You're giving room to Christ. Because you know what? When we do work for the Lord in this kind of self-realizing way, we enthrone the work. But when we do it in the realization of Christ, that it's all of Him then he becomes enthroned and not just this work that we're doing. Does that make sense to you? Take your hands off. Enjoy following your shepherd. Jesus is never going to overdrive you. And don't be afraid of your devout love in imperfect service. I do believe that in this winter time and maybe you're even listening to this and you're in New Zealand and you're in Australia and it's summertime. You can still take what I'm saying or even in the spring, in the summertime, nature teaches us about being fruitful and where the life sap comes from in the, in the life through the roots and the root of the righteous bears fruit. Praise the Lord. You know, Jesus never encourages the idea of retirement from the work of, from his work. Never. Even Jesus, I was reading today in Acts chapter one, while he was speaking to them, after he just finished speaking to him, He was taken up into a cloud and I saw that today and I said, Lord, I said, I pray that my last breath will be used just like yours before I'm taken home to heaven. That my very last words that I speak will have your name in it to the end. And see now the work that you will do, you will do in the flow of his life. As I said, Jesus never encourages retirement he never does he encourages rest he always says go tell my brethren